Very quickly on the SMS line, uh, the Heroes and Zeros, Mike says, Hi, uh, Aubrey, my heroes is all the taxpayers funding crime, corruption, party politics, election scam, uh, and zeros are Elgon economy and politicians, says Mike. And then uh, Joel in Dipsloot says, uh, Good evening, my hero would be Tom Moyani for challenging the president, and my zeros is the EFF for their dirty conduct, and that is from Joel from Dipsloot. So those are the heroes and uh, zeros for this week. Uh, uh, let me advise that uh, next week the same is going to be taking place. So as you look at the various... Things that take place over this coming week. Uh, remember that in the final, or oh, on the last day of uh, the week, on the Friday uh, for this show, we'll be asking who your heroes and zeros are. In this uh, part of the show, I'm going to be speaking to Mdutuzi Lutuli, investment manager at Lutuli Capital, who joins me now on the line too. Thanks very much for joining us this evening. I really appreciate your time. It's always an absolute pleasure. How are you, Obi? I'm well. I'm very well, thanks, Mdu. Uh, so this week, we've uh, decided that we wanted to talk about our children uh, and how we can begin a process of making them, I suppose, start thinking in terms of saving and investment. And at which age can we start teaching them the disciplines that are required? Uh, you've been thinking about this, and I know that you've... Uh, um, been doing this with your own children. When should we be starting to teach our children about saving and investing? Well, multiple research studies have shown that around the ages of uh, three to four, children have the mental capability or capacity to not only start understanding uh, basic uh, math concepts, but that can be carried over to uh, monetary concepts and actually allowing them to introduce the concept of money and then take it one step further as they grow to say how does money uh, uh, define our role in terms of how we live our lives and our relationships. As young as three, do? As young as three, yeah. I mean, do, do children as young as three have any concept of the value of money or the value uh, of anything, uh, frankly? In other words, do they have a concept of uh, this is a representation of value. Do, 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 how, how does one inculcate that sort of concept in children as young as three? Yeah, so, you know, don't get me wrong, they're not going to be balancing the checkbook at age three. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the, but the, the brain is ready for, for the concept to be introduced. For the, con, for the concept, what I mean by that is, um, in most cases, and unfortunately even children, what we find in society, even children above the age of three, Kids have uh, little to no concept of money. They know that if, if you want something at a store, mom and dad, they just reach into their wallets or uh, their purse, and they never any supply of, uh, of, of paper. There's a magical paper that they just take out of their purse, and I get what I want. Yeah. You know? And the, the major problem is still that, uh, not even in the majority of schools, in all our schools, financial literacy is not a core topic. And then it thus becomes our responsibility as parents to teach our children the value of money. So how do we do that? How, how do we do that? And, and, and I won't focus only on the three-year-olds, as though I am interested in, in three-year-olds, how one does that. How do you teach them the value of money? How do you do that without, um, without being, 
outside of the bounds of age appropriateness, if you understand what I'm trying to say, do. Um, how do how does one start that process so the children begin to understand that there's a, there's a value that needs to be attached to money uh, and and so forth. You know, so the first part is just like I'm, I'm saying, introducing the concept. So for most children, money literally seems to grow on trees. They have a vague understanding of, of how their parents get them food and clothing and, uh, and toys. And it would seem to a child as though people just uh, go to the store and they get what they want and they leave. So whose responsibility is to teach them how money? It's us. Now, because the parents hold the weight of that lesson, you must say that it's an important one because the biggest financial influence to a child will be their parents. Yeah. So without proper education and dealing with money, uh, children today are uh, at risk of becoming financially irresponsible, uh, much like their parents, in fact, to say. Yeah. Uh, and the important lesson that you need to teach your children about money uh, is, like you say, start at the basics. So, so how do you do that? First, you start by introduces them what is money and what does it do. So does your child understand that money is used to get stuff? You know, you can start as, as, as simple as that. Like you don't just walk into a store and just grab something and walk out that's big. Yeah. So first, when you engage with your child, just try and get them to understand that. You understand that money is used to get stuff. Yeah. Are they ask questions? Are you children asking questions about money and what, is it, or what, is, what does it do? Yeah. And the answer is yes, the chances are that they're ready to learn. That's also another sort of uh, flag for you as opposed to say, oh, okay, they, they are ready. And the best time to start this stuff with uh, explanation is around age two because children tend to notice their parents at the store, including hand, handing the, the, the money to the cashier before they can get their things. So questions about what is that, you know, what does that do? Start rolling it in a young age and it's important to take advantage of these teachable moments and start by saying to them that in order to get good toys and touch the family, you have to give uh, the store money first. And it's, a, it's especially important um, at a young age to teach children about, uh, about money using the real thing. So present your child uh, with a few coins, you know? They don't have to start with a hundred rand. You yeah. start with a half rand. Practice, practice going over the different sizes so you can put uh, sure, there's so many 20 cents for everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, 20 cents, 50 cents, one rand, two rand. Just start that basic. Let them, let them be able to identify a coin just by the size. And once they know the size, then you can move it to, to the value. And you can do this by simple math. And that's why we're saying by age three, because by age three, that they have the basic capability of simple calculation. So start by helping you to recognize yep. the coin yep. uh, and then from there how to manage the money. Give me a call. O double one eight eight three oh seven oh two to Dozy and I are having a conversation about how do you start teaching your children about bucks, about money, about chelt, eh? About mashangor. How do you start to teach your children to understand the value of money? Uh, a lot of people, Mdudusi, have uh, been raised to believe that money is a bad thing. You know, we've got all sorts of strange yeah. beliefs about money and so forth. I wonder whether that wouldn't be a, a, a good place to start. You know, I mean, to start talking to children and saying, listen, yeah, you know, 
money is a bad thing if you use it badly, if your intentions uh, in the process of getting it are bad. But money in, its, in and of itself is a tool. In other words, uh, how do we get to a place where we make children understand that money in and of itself is amoral? Uh, it is what we do with money and how we attach value to money that makes it either good or bad. Uh, is that perhaps not a place to start uh, uh, just that level of thinking about money and the morality that we sometimes attach to money? You know, you ask such an important question there. And uh, the thing is, like I said, the biggest influence to children in terms of their financial behavior will be the parents. So... Most in most cases, if you interrogate your relationship with money, you'll find that it's actually directly linked to how your parents view money. Yep. And you, you, that you know you really raise an important thing there. Where you can take the parents, and maybe that's the point to start before we even start with counting the coins, just for them to first interrogate what is their relationship with money. Yep. You know, right, ask the parents, right on your first money memory, because depending on on the person, money can represent. Uh, any number of emotions in charge context. It can represent fear, greed, scarcity, wealth, sure. anger. And the symbolic property of money is something that starts to form when we're young. Yeah. And that's because children are programmed to be sensitive to the emotions of their caregivers. Children, your children have a special bond with you. They're very sensitive to your emotions because you are their guide in the world. Yeah. If you are showing them fear, they also know that something is wrong, so I have to be fearful. If you're happy, they're happy. Yeah. But if your parents thought about money often, as an example, money might seem like, like something that you've learned to avoid dealing with because you think of it as something that causes trouble. You know, because when you sure. really constant or not, subconscious or conscious, if your parents thought about money, the relationship you have with money is anxiety because you just start thinking about it and it takes you back to that place that this is that thing that caused turmoil in my yes, family. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, and then you'd rather not deal with the turmoil. So you ignore your budget, you spend without much thought, you never bother asking for a raise. Yeah. The way we think about money as adults always echoes some of our younger experiences with it. Because the first memory of money is going to have a strong emotional component to it. Because the world is structured in such a way that for most people, we define ourselves. We define, um, am I a successful human being? Do I contribute to society? Am I worth something? We define that by our bank balance. So if we just take a moment to think about our first money memory, Think about the emotions that sure. me and how it might contribute to some of your current habits. I mean, I, I know of parents um, do who who punish their children if their children have any form of currency in their hands. In other words, if a child has a, a coin in their hand, they'll punish them. And immediately a child associates the possession of money with some sort of punish, punishment or negative yeah. sanction. And, and, and that says to me that they then... You know, they then develop the that association with money growing up, and that's probably why we have in our older age or in our adult life such an ambivalent relationship with money because of those kinds of um, relationships and associations that we developed as children with money. By the way, give us a call, 11 If you're a parent, you've got young children that you've already started to teach uh, in the ways of money, in the positive ways of money, give us a call. Um, I'm, I'm even thinking here, too, about even 
how scripture is sometimes wrongly used at uh, Sunday school, yeah, where kids will be told that money is the root of all evil, so you must never like money, otherwise you'll never get to heaven kind of um, sort of talk that uh, children are, exp- uh, are exposed to. Should we be changing the narrative, even at school, about how we talk about money? Yeah, I mean, you hear it all, you know, the meeks are in the earth. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, the narrative is created very early on. Yeah. And it's because of uh, so, some part of it, moving away from the religion, just on a general basis, is it talks to a lack of, a feeling that you lack control over your life. Because money defines so many things in your life. You know, yeah. you talk about the parents who's punishing uh, the child, you know, this narrative is put. And you see it every day. Most people live month to month. Yeah. I think they have a bad salary. It's this inherent or, or negative connotation that money must never stick. Because yeah. if money sticks and I acquire lots of it, it's a legal thing. So it feels like you don't have much control of your money, at least when it comes to the big picture. You know, so we also, you know, I wish I'd have a larger income, but, but your salary is what it is. Yeah. You can only negotiate so much with your boss. And then you feel like, well, it doesn't seem like I have control over my life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and if anything, most of us feel the exact opposite of control when it comes to money. Our day-to-day lives are forever dictated by financial ones. Yeah. Like your, your money tells you what to do as opposed to other than that. You know, there's some very interesting uh, research that was done out of Stanford in 2014 where researchers found that simply feeling more powerful, being in control, led people to make better saving or financial decisions. So what they did is they got the study participants in the right mindset. And that's why I'm saying, you know, financial wellness is not in the mind. Where researchers were put them from subject into a room where they all sat in full chairs, and these people were called the leaders, and others were put in a different room and, and they were and, and seated on a lower chair, yeah. and they were called the followers. Yeah. And what the research found is that in both groups, both wanted to save, but the amount they wanted to save was a lot different. Where the leaders were willing to save thirty four to forty percent thirty four to forty two percent of their income and the followers were only willing to save twelve to sixteen percent of their, their income. Yeah. So now I'm not suggesting that sitting on a toilet chair is the solution to your financial woes. But what the study tried to highlight or hypothesize was that when we feel powerful, when we feel in control, when we keep that control. It drives us to make decisions that make us want to maintain a sense of control. Yeah. So sometimes feel like, why are rich people, why are wealthy people so good with money? Uh, yes, a lot of it is financial literacy. They usually come from families with money and if we taught the tools. But simply being in control, feeling powerful, encourages you to make decisions that keep you in control. So because we can't control the world, we need to focus on us. Yeah. What is it in our behavior? Uh, what is it that I can do to harness that power and, and control my life? Yeah. So it comes with just making small choices, the simple act of saving money, no matter their money. It could literally be one cent. I'm serious about this. It can motivate you and empower you in order to participate. Because, like I said, you don't have control of the economy, you don't have control of how taxes will be used, how, what the job market is doing. But just by the mere fact that you're taking control of your life and you're choosing to save yeah, yeah. and you're choosing to have a spending plan, how you can actually money puts you in control of your financial life and that leads you to make decisions. It gives you motivation um, 
that uh, motivation that teaches you to make the choices that demonstrates to ourselves that we are in control. How are you, give me a call, how are you transferring by the way that you behave around and about money uh, when you are with your children is in fact transferring your lack of control over money? So in other words, uh, if you are listening to this conversation with me and do, and I think that as we continue with these conversations, we'll talk about the technical sort of things that you can do to start teaching your children about how to deal with money. But clearly there is a lot of work that we need to do at a psychological uh, level, at a philosophical level, perhaps even at a spiritual level, about how we deal with money. To what extent is your feeling of lack of control, of anxiousness about the fact that you can't negotiate a bigger salary with your boss about money, that you've only got so much money and that much month, as it were. Uh, To what extent are you transferring those feelings and notions of weakness about money to your children? Are you having those conversations about your children? Are you teaching your children the power of being able to have the will to save? I mean, those are some very powerful stuff that you're talking about, um, Duduzi, that once a child even saves one cent, they've been introduced to the ability of exercising their will over their own character. Exactly, exactly. And that's what it's about. You know, that's what we're saying, that creating wealth is not about how much you earn. Yeah. It's about, like you said, lots of financial literacy simply defined is teaching you as a person how do I optimize, how do I make use of the limited resources that I have? How do I use them optimally to create more wealth? That's what financial literacy gives you. So uh, perhaps just to give the, the listeners some, I guess, more more concrete stuff that they can use at, at home now that we introduced into the philosophy that it, it, it comes uh, from the mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, you said to the child, first get them to, to recognize the currency, 20 cents, 20 cents, one man, whatever it is. Yeah. And now that they understand that there's this thing called money, you need to teach them that it doesn't go on truth. Yeah. So explain to them that you go to work, that you have to do a job, sacrifice your time to get money. And this this part of the lesson, it, 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 it's perfect time to now introduce an allowance because sometimes those parents ask me, when, you know, how do I introduce an allowance when it's the last time? Yeah. It's when you introduce that actually money is worth for it's going to then you can introduce an allowance. So you can either give them a few rands per, per week, although with inflation uh, these days, you know, maybe give them 50 bucks, 100 bucks, and start off by just getting them to practice counting uh, uh, and saving. Which means, and then what you do is you give them a specific job to do around the house, they earn money, uh, and then for that they get paid. You know? sure. So now you introduce the fact that, look, uh, there's no such thing as free money. You have to perform some sort of action for you to be paid. And then they know, and then they, that's, they also start self regulating and becoming more responsible because when they see you spending money, the concept has been introduced that. This is not just coming out of a magic wallet. Our parents have to work for this and sacrifice. And, yeah. like, you know, these things fold into each other. And then now when you go sh- shopping with your child, you can shop sadly. So when your child first begins to earn their own money because you pay them a salary, let them choose how to spend it. Do. You know, you, yeah. We've run out of time, but uh, I suppose this is a question that a lot of people will believe the 
answer is quite simple and easy and intuitively maybe many of us know the answer but why is it important that children become money savvy as early as possible i'll give you one fantastic example the global financial crisis of 2008 where we saw a huge where the property uh fell apart and what that highlighted was that we have a global population of adults who are not financially literate, yeah. who overexposed themselves to debt, who invested in, in, in products that we don't understand, and when one card fell over, it had a, 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 a roller coaster, not roller coaster, you know, the thing that pulled each other. Domino effect, yeah. It had a domino effect, thank you. It had a domino effect on a global scale. Yeah. And that shows you that we are living in a financially illiterate world. And that will carry on unless we teach our kids. Let me stop you there. How do people get in touch with you if they want to uh, have a longer conversation about this with you? Sure, they can go to our site, www.com, or they can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn, Lutuli Capital. Lutuli from Lutuli Capital, thank you very much for spending this time with us. Have a great week.